talk about this in church and preach about this. And the thing is, if I'm not preaching what you guys are kind of topics you want to hear about, then I'm not really doing my job. So uh, I, I just kind of thought this was a very good thing to talk about, especially going into, into this time of year where there is a lot of materialism, where there is a lot of looking, you know. It just This is the time of year that really puts kind of like faith and, and stuff at a crossroads because we really want to celebrate Christmas in this time of year and we want to do the gifts and all that, which isn't a bad thing. But we also want to keep it about the birth of Jesus and, and all that and how kind of they collide. But um, a lot of stuff going on. So I thought today we would talk about um, a, a guy out of the first, out of the New, Old Testament, First Samuel. And there's a King Saul. King Saul was a very good king. See, king Saul was uh, a good king among the people. Uh, King Saul conquered a lot, did the things that you'd want a good king to do. God liked Saul. God had uh, a plan in order. But then there's King, king David, or David comes into play. Now, David is the one, maybe you've heard about some King David, very, very popular king, uh, had a very interesting life of how he rose. And this is talking about David and Goliath. This is the David we're talking about. David, small in stature, um, he was a great musician, and somehow he rose up to, to go and kill a giant Philistine and King David. His legend goes on. But we're talking a little bit about Saul today. Now with Saul, Saul had, sent, had given permission and sent David then and said, yes, you can go battle Goliath, you can go and be part of this. And so David, just being the, the, the guy that David was, the, the, the outgoing, the charismatic, David being the, the, the follower of God that he was, he believed in himself, he believed in God, and he knew that he had the power and the ability that God had given him. He was confident. So what happens then is here out of 1 Samuel chapter 18, 6-9, as they returned home after David killed the Philistine, the woman poured out all the villages of Israel, singing and dancing, welcoming King Saul with tambourines and festive songs and lutes and playful frolic, and the women sang. Saul kills by the thousand, David by the ten thousand. Oh, but King David only killed a few, while David, I mean, King Saul only killed a few, while David, the little guy, David, the small musician who no one really thought could even handle the armor to kill Goliath, wins and leads armies. So what happens, I think we can relate to this, is when we hear that someone else who is kind of, we, we maybe we help that person or we kind of help create that person, put them in a position, made Saul angry, very angry. He took it as a personal insult. He said, they credit David with ten thousands and me with only thousands. Before you know it, they'll be giving him the kingdom. From that moment on, Saul kept his eye on David. No one here ever gets jealous, do they? No. No one ever here gets envious, do we? 
No one ever here ever compares what we have compared to what you have, right? Right? Of course. So let's, let's take a peek at this. Envy is something that we have all been guilty of at one time or another. We all know someone that has a better job, a bigger house, or a big screen TV that we wish we had and they didn't. It is important that we do not let envy creep into our lives and cause us to think sinful thoughts. But it can be difficult, especially if you've got a neighbor like mine with his fancy foreign car. I mean, how does he afford that thing? And it's not like he deserves it either. I work a lot harder at my job than he does at his. He doesn't even wash it right. If I had that sweet car, I would hand wash it every day. Yeah, I'd show him if I had that car. What were we talking about? These have been Deep Thoughts from a Shallow Christian. It's interesting. Um, we all know this thought. We all know this thought process. We all know how it is, is to get ourselves so wrapped up. And today is what we're talking about. Saul, after the scripture that we just read, he tries to kill David. He actually tries to throw a, a spear at him twice. And twice misses. And David is able to duck and get out of the way. So we see a king who has done well for himself. People are celebrating him. Maybe they're not celebrating him currently as much as they're celebrating David. But King Saul gets so angry, gets so worked up, that what he begins to do is to look at what he does as compared to what someone else does. And when he sees that, that David is getting the credit, he becomes angry. And that anger burns within him. And more and more, he starts to see now that this David, who really was of no threat to him, David was serving Saul. David was doing what Saul had asked. David wasn't trying to go out and take over the kingdom. David was just trying to do what he had the duty to do. I think it would have been if Saul could have grown old, and then at the time when Saul passes on, he passes the torch on to David. But that doesn't happen. Saul becomes so worked up and bent up over, over this anger that he has because he no longer is the top dog, the alpha, that he is no longer getting the credit that he chooses to try to destroy David. He's so consumed. He's so consumed by anger, by jealousy, by envy, that no longer is he an effective ruler. He allows his heart to grow cold and to grow hard. You know, the, the thing about the Bible, as we look at this and and it's amazing to me how alive Scripture is. And even though we're talking about hundreds, thousands of years ago that things were written down like this, we, how much it pertains to us today. How jealous you and I become of one another. How jealous we become of what we want or what we think we deserve. You know, I'm no different every, you know, Sunday mornings I come here and I'm wondering how many people will be at church today. And if there aren't a lot of people, then I'm definitely failing at my job. If there are a lot of people, then I'm doing well at my job, doing well at my ministry. You know, we compare and contrast everything. 
But am I stopping and being like, hey, are we doing ministry in this? Are people feeling grace and hope? Are people feeling love? And, and, and is that part of, is the, isn't that important as well? Does it matter that my name, my face isn't on a big billboard saying, come see court at CCUMC? Which would be kind of cool. No, it really wouldn't. It really, really would not. But the point I'm trying to make is we've all got to do a little gut check here and really look at our lives and ourselves and try to figure out what in the world are our motives and what we do. We get kind of caught up in all this this idea that we have to please one another all the time. That we only, we have to go by a certain set of guidelines, a certain set of rules. And if we veer off that, if we're not doing what we're expected to do, then we are failing. And what are we teaching our children? What are kids seeing when all we're doing is trying to keep up with those that are next door to us? to those in school to us? What are we doing when we're trying to compare ourselves and our situations with others who maybe have more, supposedly have more? What are we setting up and what are we teaching? We know that God created each and every single one of us as individuals. I mean, shoot, whenever we marry, when I marry people, I'm not marrying and making two people become one. I'm marrying two individuals who join together, but in a way that they're still individuals. We don't take away that part of who they are. We don't take away the the gifts and graces that they have as individuals. And if that happens, then someone's being taken advantage of. If that happens, then someone to love one another for the gifts and abilities that you have and become a team and to move forward. the same thing in our daily lives. It's trying not to control and to compare ourselves. Because if we start to do that, then we are moving instead of a life that we are living a life that we are simply trying to play catch up instead of a life that we're simply living that is fully full and that is abundant and that we are truly being able to be at some peace of life. You've heard me say it time and time again. To me, the goal in life for all of us is to feel, have a feeling of hope with that in the midst and to also have a feeling of some sort of peace. And I mean the type of peace that in the midst of chaos and destruction, in the midst of death, in the midst of whatever may come, you deep down inside know that some way, somehow, it's going to be okay. Some way, somehow, it's going to be okay. Isn't that what we're hoping for? Aren't we tired of running the race? Aren't we tired of allowing others to dictate who we are and what we do? You get tired of me saying this, I know you do. But you are pretty awesome. You are amazing with what you have and with who you are. And you don't need some other person telling you how great you are. You really don't need some other, something to compare yourself to. You are who you are. I am who I am. 
And I've got to get over this feeling of that I have to have the biggest and the greatest. And you have to get over the feeling that you have to have the biggest and the greatest. We have to get to a place to where we can be content with who we are and understand that we have our gifts and graces. This time of year, right now, is, is that time where you can choose how big you want your Christmas to be. You can choose how you want to share yourself, how you want to share your wealth, how you want to share whatever it may be, but you have to do it. I beg that we all do it in a way that is something that is sincere and that is real. And that if we want to move forward in life, if we want to do anything that has some sort of sense of peace and hope, that we do it in a way that we're not looking to the sidelines and allowing someone to call the plays. I love this quote, don't worry about what I'm doing, worry about why you're worried about what I'm doing. Stop yourself for a second and think about it. When you get jealous of someone, why are you jealous of them? When you see someone getting the credit, why are you envious of that? For a long time when I was growing up, um, I... Uh, <clears throat> I was, uh, I loved sports, loved sports. It was like, it was everything to me to play sports. And I was, I was pretty good. I did okay. And I thought I had a lot going for me. And I got injured. I got injured in football and everything was taken away. And to me, everything was taken away. But I had a brother, <clears throat> my two brothers and a sister, and each of them are awesome in, in their own ways. But my, bro, my one brother, Kyle, he was a stellar athlete. He was the, you know, the four, six point twenty thousand GPA. He had, he was just, he was just all that in a bag of chips. And um, what was crazy about it was I was envious and I was jealous. I wasn't really, I didn't ever like hated him or didn't like him. I just, why, why, why did I get hurt? You know, and his name's always in the paper and he's getting all these awards and medals and trophies and and all this stuff, and for me, it was just, just kind of deflating over and over. Because all I wanted to say was, well, you know, that could have been me. I can do that. I could have done that. And then I get angry and mad and depressed because, you know, just because my body doesn't work like it used to work, and I have this that I don't have, and, and, and all this, and I just get so angry and jealous and upset. And, and what's my purpose now? What am I supposed to be doing now? So I was so angry at my brother, you know, not in a way that I hated him, but I didn't like him. <laughs> it was always Kyle's little brother. And what am I going to do about that? Kyle's two years older than I am, and um, after his, his football season, he got all state honors and blah, 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 and, um, <laughs> and, uh, and after the football season, this is his senior year, it's, over, it's football season, and um, he, he decided to tell me that he, he, wore, uh, he taped up his wrists before football games. And he showed me after the end of the season that before every football game, he would write CMF on his tape, and that's my initials. Because he knew how bad I wanted to be out there. And he was inspired by me and how I fought and things like that. 
So this person I was jealous of, this person that, you know, I wanted to be, I wanted this, loved me just like I loved him. Time goes on. He goes away to college. And again, here I am, you know, trying to, to make sense of this and trying to follow in his footsteps. And, and uh, you know, I wrote him a sappy letter, made him a, a, mixed, <laughs> a mixed cassette tape. I know, I know. Those of you who know about mixed cassette tapes, uh, cheesy, cheesy, cheesy. So did all this, and um, so my brother, not knowing me, he left for college and left a letter and note for me, and he just kind of told me how important I was to him. And you know that song, Wind Beneath My Wings, that Midler sings it, crushes you when you hear it? Ugh. He left that to me, and it's, it's like what we are could only if we were aware of how important we are to other people. And how amazing it can be when we stop to really allow other compliments to set in. But also how important it is to tell other people how amazing they are. To support and to love and to encourage. You know, we see a relationship like Saul and David. And Saul had given David, I mean, there was a relationship there. But in the midst of jealousy, things got destroyed. How much better would we be if we brought and worked together? Now, that doesn't mean that everyone who, who were jealous of things like that, some people are just dorks, and they need to kind of go their own way. All right? Let's agree to agree on that one. But the point is, is that there's this, this thing that we do when we come together, and we'll never know the importance of each other in our lives unless we share that. So in all this comparison, the thing is, is we don't know what the other person is going through. We don't understand what it is that person is sacrificing. We don't understand the pressure that that person has to try to keep up. If we would just allow our prides to be let down a little bit and we would talk and we would communicate. If anything, this time of season is a time where we do that. You are amazing. I'm going to keep telling you that because that's what God is trying to tell you. Jesus didn't come and die and do all the stuff that Jesus did simply that you and I suffer and believe that we are not worthy. You are worthy. Today I invite you to realize that your individualness is incredible and you don't need to compare yourselves to people out there on the sidelines, you don't need to look at other people and put them on a pedestal. Put yourself on a pedestal. Not in like a jerk way, but put yourself on a pedestal to where you are an individual who deserves to be treated with love and care and concern. And let your light shine. But you got to stop and you got to pause and don't worry about what I'm doing, but worry about why you're worried about what I'm doing. That's the key. If Saul would have stopped and said, whoa, wait a second, I'm helping this, this David, I'm helping him become the man he is becoming. I want him to succeed. I want him to, and we together can do amazing great things in the name of God. How much better that kingdom he would have been.
Today is a day of peace, a day of hope, a day of grace. Enjoy this upcoming Advent and Christmas season. Be you. Be the amazing individual that each of you are. Don't worry about what I'm or anyone is doing. Worry about why you're worried about what I'm doing. Let us pray. Gracious and awesome God, thank you on this day for the gifts, the abilities that we have as individuals. Dear Lord, there are people out there who are shining bright. There are people out there who are, we are envious of, that we are jealous of. There are neighbors and coworkers and friends and family and whoever with them, but allow us to celebrate our own spark, our own light. Gracious God, we ask all this in your son, Jesus Christ, most amazing name. Amen.